1: Are you feeling better?
0: Yes, I am better, thank you. How are you?
1: Well, I'm all right, but I mean, it it, it, it seems like you've had COVID-19.
0: I think so. Like, it's, it's it's hard to know for 100% sure, but I had a lot of the symptoms and, yeah, I think I did have it.
1: You were short of breath?
0: Yep, short of breath, very tired, um, lost my sense of smell, still don't have my sense of smell, didn't come back um yeah all the symptoms tom had it and i didn't did i tell you who gave it to us no i didn't tell you no andrew lloyd webber what (laughs) kind of (laughs) go on so the monday before tom got ill he got ill first he had to do a job in central london where he was filming some rehearsals for a new andrew lloyd webber musical and that is where he got it from this is fantastic. Now I, I should mean, point. I should point out the Lord wasn't there, but uh. <laughs> but he's, he's good as gave it to me as good as.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, mm. if we were still on the radio, that would be a great phone in. Is like who, <laughs> like the most famous person you caught COVID nineteen off?
0: Exactly. Yeah. So there you yeah. go, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, do you call it COVID nineteen or coronavirus?
0: I've been calling it Corona.
1: Oh! Yeah,
0: but only because my friend who's, who's a medic calls it that, so I've been copying her.
1: Oh, so that's like the pro- professional abbreviation. That's what yeah, mm. that's why I was thinking, mm.
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Now, I should explain that this week's episode isn't late because Annabelle had corona or COVID-19. It's late because I thought I had it last night uh, and it turned out I was just tired from doing a full days childcare.
0: Well, it is very exhausting, so it is fair enough. so
1: exhausting. Yeah. I thought I'm really coming down with something, but then I just had a good night's sleep and I feel fine again today um I'll tell you something I am excelling at at the moment Mm. is when we go on our daily state mandated exercise walk
0: (laughs) oh yes very good yeah
1: I am both excellent at telling my four-year-old son to keep his distance from people and I'm doing it as a performance to show other people what a great, responsible member of society oh, I am. I am so definitely when, doing that. Yeah. When he gets too close, I say, "Gene, Jean, just give people some space, please. Remember, yes. we all need space. We've all got to look after each other. I'm really doing a big performance of what a great, responsible citizen yeah. I
0: am. I'm doing and then, a lot of like, just wait here, please, for that man to go past. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> And especially if, if people are sort of using the middle of the pavement, mm-hmm. I'll really get us up against the wall. You know, Pacing we'll trying wall. To, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, we've got to give them some space to try and shame them into giving us a bit more pavement. Yeah. And, and then the other thing that I think I'm exceptional at is conveying with my facial expression that I'm not sort of moving out of the way of you because I think you're in any way disgusting, but because I'm being responsible. So I'm doing a, a warm... Friendly expression at the same time oh, as as good. distancing from people really coming into my own in all this
0: I can, I can see that I really can
1: although we've we've been going for um a walk around the cemetery, which I don't know if that means gene will grow up a grow up a goth, oh something terrible happened
0: wow, wow,
1: we were in the cemetery, and he really needed a poo, okay. And he said, like, Daddy, Daddy, I need a poo. And I was so pleased with him for telling me. He said, Well, we we you can't hold it until we get home. You're gonna have to do it here in the cemetery. No. Yes. So but he, he def this. he defecated <laughs> on someone's grave.
0: He did not. You no, know, you're lying. That is. No, no,
1: no. Mitigating circumstances. Yeah. It was somebody who died in eighteen forty. So I thought, <laughs> there are no living relatives. <laughs> like that that person, it was a very unkempt grave like there's there's no one still around to feel insulted that my son pooed on their grave
0: you're 100% going to get haunted now 100% (laughs)
1: well the embarrassing thing is he keeps when we're then on the walk the next day and the day after he's going daddy daddy is that where i did a poo pointing to the graves whilst these people two or more metres away just look oh. look at us with disgust. Anyway, that isn't what I was going to say, but what I was going to say was, wasn't even that good anyway now. Um, there, there was this woman who we saw a couple of times at exactly the same time. In other words, so we'd be going into the cemetery as she'd be coming out walking her dog and we'd have to leave a bit of room. And I felt the need to make some kind of small talk. And all that came out of my mouth was, oh, we're walking at the same time. <laughs> not great small
0: talk it was really bad walking at the same time <laughs> <No>.
1: <laughs> we're
0: walking at the same time the, the thing is you have to remember as well that she probably didn't even remember you yeah the yeah, yeah, day, yeah yeah so she just thinks what was he saying that for walking at the same time <laughs> i've uh
1: i've got some good news though oh go on so this might be sort of global news by the time this podcast reaches your ears, yeah. but have you seen, it looks like, it's unconfirmed, but it looks like there's something to to neutralise COVID-19. Really? And I, I mean, I'm not saying I invented it, but I uh, have publicised it. Right. You know that shop opposite me? Yeah. Five Sapphires. Yeah. Yes, yeah. On the counter, the shopkeeper has sliced an onion in half and put it upturned on the counter. And I said, "Oh, what, what, what's that for?" He said, "Oh, it sucks in the virus." You are joking. So this is an amazing development. the The man who runs my local shop. <laughs> <It sucks. laughs> using only. It's a white onion, not a red onion. Using only a white onion has has basically found out how to cure coronavirus.
0: Right, well, i can just get chopping my onions, seeing as they suck it in. They're not absorbing; yeah. they're sucking. No, sucking
1: it in. I mean, I will mention he was also wearing like medical gloves and a mask, so right. I don't know how much faith he's got even in the onion. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know, it's the early signs are looking promising if anecdotal evidence is to be believed. <laughs> Are, are we still hearing from drifters amidst all this, Annabelle?
0: We are. We're getting a little trickle in. So, so, I mean, more, is, more would be nice, but.
1: Well, I'll give you the email address. After your stories. I mean feel free to make them quarantine based but somebody Mm. said to me the other day like not every bit of content you hear on podcasts or radio or television has to be about COVID-19 people are looking for some relief so if you've got a story from pre-social distancing days that comes back to haunt you and as we often say on this podcast, the, the best stories of social ineptitude are ones where years later, you'll just be in the middle of the day and go, oh, why did I say that 20 years ago? So, um, yeah, do share them with us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com.
0: And the first one's from Rachel who says, I always enjoy when people write the wrong thing in cards and getting engaged a few years ago was a great example of that. I got three happy birthdays in my wedding card from my workplace and I also received a card from a friend of my mum's addressed to my fiance and my sister. However, the best one we got happened like this. My fiancé, Matt, was working as an events manager at a restaurant venue in central London. He happened to be setting up for an event that was happening later that evening, which was for the launch of a new drink called Panther Milk. Apparently, it's a milky alcoholic cocktail from Spain. While he was setting up, an old colleague popped into the restaurant and they ended up having a quick chat. It was the usual small talk. She mentioned that she had heard about the engagement and they then went on to discuss work and the event he was setting up for that evening. As she was leaving, she said something that sounded like, what's the name again? He replied, panther milk. Looking confused, she said, sorry, what was that? Panther, he replied. She still looked unsure, so he added, you know, like a big cat and then did a pouring gesture just to make it clear. (laughs) She said, okay, rather slowly, and then they said their goodbyes. He thought nothing more about it until later that day when he found a card waiting for him at reception, which read, Dear Matt and Panther, congratulations on your engagement. (laughs) It felt too late at that point to let her know that my name is actually Rachel. So he just just sent her a quick message to say thanks for the card. If I ever meet this woman, I will, of course, have to pretend my name is Panther to avoid any further awkwardness.
1: Oh, that's tremendous. That's
0: lovely. Yeah, that's a really nice one. think people writing the wrong things in cards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Oh, this one, this is from Anon. Now there's no big climax to this story, but it's so painfully beautiful that it's very much worth its inclusion. I grew up in the Midlands of the UK in the late 1970s, 1980s. I wasn't very worldly and I'm an only child who was really grateful of local company as my family didn't have a car and my school friends didn't live very close. I lived in a small collection of houses and one summer when I must have been nine or ten, one of the neighbours told me their two granddaughters would be staying during the summer holidays. These girls were one and three years older than me and they lived in London. This sounded to me terribly glamorous and exotic. I mean, London. I had been there a couple of times with my mum to Madame Tussauds, London Zoo and a gawp at Harrods where I bought something really cheap there just so I could have a carrier bag. But I mean, these girls came from London and they were going to be living approximately five doors away all summer. I think these girls must have lived quite ordinary lives, but they may well have used red London buses, seen a black hackney cab driving around and their parents probably read the London Evening Standard from time to time. The latter i had heard of and on the rare occasion I went up to London with my mum, which would have been in the weekend. I remember being really disappointed that it was a Monday to Friday publication only. I can't imagine what I thought would have been in the paper. Maybe a small ad from Terry Wogan selling a lawnmower or Leslie Judd from Blue Peter opening a school fete. I was very excited by this and tried to imagine what it would be like to meet them and play whatever pre-teenage girls did. I cannot believe I'm writing this. I have never, ever told a soul. And whilst on the subject of souls, I think mine actually died when I did what I'm about to write the day before they were going to arrive, I decided to think up something to say when I actually met them for the first time. I came up with a little routine with actions that I rehearsed and planned to do when the time came. It went like this. I would say, please forgive my clothes. Please forgive my hair. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. As there were two of them, I would do a circular motion around my hair, then a circular motion towards my face, and then do a big curtsy and a large circular motion to my right, and then a big curtsy to the left, and then stand up, holding out my hand for them to shake. In writing this down, I have just remembered there was a second verse, which I plotted from my mind until now. A second verse, as if the first wasn't bad enough. It went, Please forgive my face. My shoes are a disgrace. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I have, oh, so lovely. I have honestly blanked out from my mind what these two girls did when I actually met them. Like I said earlier, I think a part of my soul died. I think they may have giggled or looked at each other wondering what an idiot I was. What I do remember is we did hang out over the summer and got on okay. I did quiz them about what it was like living in London and stuff like that. It turns out they didn't live in Mayfair or Park Lane or any of the other locations featured on the Monopoly set. They did come back the following year, but as they were slightly older than me and being less worldly than them, playing with me that summer was less appealing and they may have tried to check out local boys from the neighbourhood. Writing this down, it doesn't seem to be all that embarrassing, but my little routine still haunts me from my childhood (laughs) to present day, especially when I know I'm going to meet new people who probably live more exciting lives than me. Since listening to the Adrift podcast and hearing fellow drifters cringing about some aspect from their past, this episode springs to my mind too often for my liking.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. it? it? it, It's so good. It reminded me a little bit of a story i've told before about my brother so there was a particular occasion when because of my job i got to be involved in this big formula one racing thing around central london where they closed off the streets and had lots of famous racing drivers and i got to go up the track with martin rundle who i think is like this formula one legend and my brother had some interest in racing driving so i invited him along okay and at some point I was talking to this Martin Rundle and my brother was there and I said, oh, this, this is my brother, Rob. And Martin Rundle put his hand out to shake his hand. And my brother obviously thought, oh, no, I'm nobody, mate. You don't need to worry about me. Like, I'm, I'm not important. But the way that came out of his mouth was as as this, you know, nice Formula One driver put his hand out to shake hands, my brother didn't offer his hand back and he just went, "Nah, you're all right, mate and what he meant spy was was yes. now you're all my, my mate it's not important to meet me oh, <laughs> but just can you imagine what I must have got in, on in Martin Rundle's head at that moment
0: how often do you think your brother thinks about that or do you think that he's like he's the type of person where it he just he's not a drifter him. he's not no, a drifter I don't think he would be thinking about it yeah no, but you do oh,
1: <laughs> yeah I do yeah on his behalf please yeah. send us your stories of social ineptitude it's hello at adriftpodcast.com mm. Annabelle you're gonna cheer us all up with another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult
0: yes these are the lockdown weeks slash months slash years and to be honest it's probably just going to be this week and next week it's probably gonna get too boring even for me but (laughs) (laughs) but my main concern at the moment well not my main concern but one of my concerns is that I'm just not doing this right like I'm sure of it I haven't even downloaded zoom yet have you No. No, me neither. You're not doing it right either. What about house parties? Neither. I've seen everybody
1: going on about both these things on on, uh, Facebook and Twitter and I've not found myself with any cause to use them yet because i don't even want to speak to one person let alone (laughs) multiple people at the same time
0: what about a dance routine have you done a dance routine
1: i have not have you
0: no have you done joe wicks i have not (laughs) maybe neither we're not both neither of us are doing it right (laughs) but for me the most obvious sign that i'm not doing it right is the contrast with the other adult that i'm locked down with which is my boyfriend tom so we went into lockdown over two weeks ago because he got ill and he was in bed for three days and then i got ill and i went to bed for three days And it was around this time that had the world been different and healthy, he was supposed to go to Las Vegas on a stag do with a group of friends. And before he'd got ill, he'd bought a new pair of swimming trunks to take with him on his trip. I'm guessing there was going to be some swimming pools involved at some point. So he got some loud, brightly coloured trunks and they've got on them foliage. And they've got on them toucans. Am I building a clear picture of these swimming trunks?
1: I'm thinking I, I, you know, when all this is over, I would like some of these swimming trunks. <laughs> okay.
0: If these swimming trunks could talk, they'd be saying, hi, where's the pool party? Like th- that, <laughs> that would be their voice. So from the moment Tom got better, he put on these swimming trunks and he has worn them every day since. Mm-hmm. Even though it's freezing and he's obviously not going swimming. Like We don't even have a paddling pool. And there were a few sunny days last week and he lay out in the sun with just his trunks on, no top. He lay out there so much, he's, he's got a suntan. Wow. And there's been one day, a particularly cold one, when I noticed that he'd put long trousers on. So I said to him, a bit facetiously, oh, well, your swimming trunks in the wash. Did, did you spill a cocktail on them? <laughs> and he just pulled his trousers down an inch and I saw that he was still wearing them underneath his long trousers. <laughs> He also spends about 90% of his waking time on an online poker playing app. And it's one where you can see the other players. Uh, He says it's not gambling. It's just pretend money. And I've chosen to believe him. (laughs) (laughs) And he he was just playing with his friends. But I walked past him on his phone the other day. And I'm looking into random bedrooms of bearded men in places like Solihull. It's it's <laughs> it's quite weird. And it's weird that lots of people are seeing into my house. Like I'm thinking I'm going to have to start tidying up soon. It's getting annoying. <laughs> oh, and today I looked at his phone and on his phone, there was a little screen of a live feed of a man. Like He was like, what's the expression? Playing his decks? Or what's it called? One DJ's DJ's like do mixing on decks
1: oh yeah, yeah. DJ don't know He's DJing
0: DJing. He's DJing on his decks and all around this man there are all these cuddly toys and Tom's listening to the music and so I so I asked about these cuddly toys and apparently it's to make the room like the acoustics better or something so this man is doing a live feed of him DJing in his bedroom yeah so I keep asking now Tom oh how'd you mate with the cuddly toys which means <laughs> I've officially turned into my dad like 100% turned into my dad <laughs>
1: Why? Why would you want to watch somebody DJing? Like I used to like doing my mobile disco back in the day, but I couldn't imagine somebody who who wasn't there, a bit drunk and dancing to Agadoo, would would want to watch me do it.
0: I just I don't understand it. I don't know. But basically, I've realised that he's he's just trying to recreate his trip but at home he even ordered pizza to be delivered last week and it's only the second time in seven years of knowing him that he's ever done this if they're thinking of making the hangover part four the lockdown one like come to me for research Hollywood writers like I've got everything you need to know but to be clear, he's not making a thing of it. It hasn't even been mentioned. I've not said anything. And nor has he. I'm not even sure that he's aware he's doing it. <laughs> we're supposed to be going to a wedding in Cyprus at the end of this month. We were supposed to be anyway. And I'm quite looking forward to seeing how he plans to recreate that at home. <laughs> but I did—I asked him to, like today what lockdown with me was like. And he said... Well, you're exactly the same, but grumpier. So this is, this is clearly what I'm doing wrong. Like, I need to do different stuff. So I'm going to see if anyone in Solihull wants to play online lopperly with me. This, this could be my thing. I need a thing. I need a thing. Wow. Nice.
1: Yeah. since we last did a podcast and the lockdown began mm. i've gone viral twice
0: no tell yeah. me how
1: the first time this this was terrible uh this was last wednesday night i think uh, i was going to make dinner i went to open the utensil drawer to get some measuring spoons out mm. guess what happened go on got stuck
0: the whole drawer got stuck.
1: Yeah, so it wouldn't open. So no. something inside the drawer was wedge, wedging it closed. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, usually, what I would do, so I really gave it, you know, really grabbed hold of it and gave it a good rattle about and good jiggle and so on, but it, it made no difference. Now, usually, what I would do in that situation is
0: mm-hmm. call someone to help.
1: Exactly, yeah. Get <laughs> a man. There's a, there's a man called Chris who comes around and does things. He has right. changed light bulbs for us before now. <laughs>
0: That's the only reason you don't live in the dark though.
1: (laughs) That's how inept at any kind of DIY I am. So it wouldn't open. I watched a couple of YouTube videos. Uh, One of them said to get a wire coat hanger, undo it and stretch it out and then, you know, feed that in to unblock the blockage. I do this, it it doesn't work. Oh. So I think, well, maybe I can video myself trying to open the door drawer on social media and yeah. put that on social media and people will be able to tell me what to do. So I did this, just videoed my hand shaking the drawer and using this wire coat hanger. And within, you know, twenty four hours it had seventy thousand views. <laughs> and my Twitter feed was inundated with people telling me like what I should do. And somebody came up with this great idea, which was to take the drawer underneath it, oh, lie on the floor and snake my hand, holding my phone camera with the flash on up the back, and then film oh, yeah, into yeah. the drawer so I yeah. could see what was going on. Yeah. So... I started at one end and then slowly moved it across the other end and it was really like a horror film or something because there it was all of a sudden when it got to the other end there's there's a knife in there wedged Uh, at such an angle that the blade is sticking into the into the drawer into the divider container thing in the drawer and then the the end of it is wedged up the side of the drawer and No exaggeration. I've had hundreds and hundreds of suggestions on what to do. Somebody even drew a diagram of my draw from what they could see from the videos and and gave me a step-by-step guide. I've had other joiners get in in touch and saying I should use Brute Force, which obviously isn't an option for me. (laughs) But um, it's been incredible the way the Twitter community has rallied around to try and help me undo this draw. I will add to no avail.
0: We, oh my gosh, that's my next question. Like, Where are we then? It's no, we're nowhere. Like, it's, so here's, it's here's where
1: stuck. we are at the moment. So it's it's still stuck. I've managed, ah. a bit like that guy rescuing those Thai boys from the cave, <sighs> I've managed to retrieve a lot of the things from inside. Uh, the garlic press is out, the potato peel is out, the measuring spoons, the thing that um, you put in a bottle of wine once it's been open for Sarah. I mean, I've, I've got a lot of stuff out there, but the drawer is still stuck. I bought a big metal ruler and tried having at it with that that didn't work i managed to get a claw hammer up the back and you know really tugged away at it but it's it's stuck and a few carpenters on twitter now and kitchen fitters have said look you need to sacrifice sacrifice that draw you 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 need to hack into it yeah, Break basically. No. Yeah, but take the front off, which that, that is difficult itself uh, using the crowbar. It yeah. a crowbar. Like you've yeah, crowbar. Like you got a crowbar. So I know they've been used. Somebody said, "Oh, if you just get a slim jim in there." I'm
0: like, "What the hell What's is a slim jim?" That was a tie.
1: <laughs> oh, I think it's what you use for breaking into cars. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm guessing you don't have one then. <laughs>
1: I don't have one, but uh, well, I've decided to have a moratorium on it because it was getting to a point where I was laying in bed at night and it'd be two in the morning and I'd be think- devising different ways of trying to have at this knife using the metal ruler or the coat hanger or the claw hammer, just obsessively thinking about it. So I've just accepted that for the duration of the lockdown, we're operating on limited utensils.
0: But um, can you be clear, are you able to have access to cutlery? Because I imagine you're eating with your hands or like a dog. Oh,
1: no, it's not, it's not the cutlery drawer. It's oh. the one with spatulas and stuff okay. in it. So, oh, yeah
0: just limited cooking. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is just terrible. I'm so sorry.
1: So that was the first time I went viral.
0: Wow, this, here's another one. Okay. The
1: second time I went viral, um, I am in a um, neighbourhood Facebook group. I think a lot of people are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't post in it. I just... You know, if there's a new cafe opening, if somebody's complaining about dog fouling, I feel that I'm up to date with the news because people are posting about these things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the other day, I noticed that a uh, a picture had been posted of the twenty four hour shop, a couple of blocks away mm-hmm. that I go into with some regularity. They're lovely in there, really nice. Mm. And they're, they're always fun with my son. He enjoys going in there. It's, anyway, somebody posted a picture of it and they'd, written, and they'd specifically zoomed in, uh, in a second picture, on a sign they'd got in the window. The sign said 10% off for all NHS workers. Okay. And that's nice. That's a nice thing to do for NHS workers at, yeah. during these troubled times.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's lovely.
1: However, the person who posted these pictures said this shop is disgusting. They have a sign saying 10% off for all NHS workers when in actual fact, they have increased their prices 20% overall. No. In other words, they're profiteering out of the COVID-19 crisis and and they're, they're trying to pass themselves off as, you know, in some way community spirited, helping out our beloved NHS workers. No, that- I, I am... I am very upset by this because this shop, I love them in there. They're they're so nice. I can't believe they do it. And I'm thinking, well, maybe they've got a good reason to. Maybe the cash and carry put up their prices. Anyway, as I'm thinking this, I can see loads of other people have commented. This is disgusting. I'm never going in there again. I'm going to boycott this shop. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Then after about 50 comments, somebody writes to the person who posted it in the first place. I know exactly who you are. You are and the name who runs the rival shop three doors down (gasps) no yes this is so scandalous
0: I love it so much
1: I know I mean it was really quite something And
0: they called them out and then what happened
1: well then it just descended into this huge bun fight apparently uh, three guys from the uh, 24 hour, sh- hour shop then went round to the rival shop to tell this guy to take his post down but of course no. that contravenes social distancing rules because you don't want three people Ooh. all in close proximity and and then mm. like, different locals have been calling out other locals for taking one side or the other um oh, one of the patrons of the local pub who sounds like a regular says he's never going in there again oh. after an argument he's got into with the landlord it's it's terrible but anyway i I did a little tweet about it, right? Without any details that would reveal where it is or who the shops involved are, okay. and it's had it's had twenty thousand
0: likes. No, people are lo- people are love a little drama, don't they? <laughs> they do. So can. all There's all, no all I want to say, we need this.
1: <laughs> all I want to say is, if you're after some good quality uh, coronavirus content, lockdown mm. content, mm. my Twitter feed seems to be the place to go. <laughs> And time now for Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. or I'm, I'm in Problematic. Annabelle is in her um, spare bedroom in Snaresbrook. Annabelle, who's the first one from?
0: It's from the West Coast Warrior. Warrior with an O, obviously, not an A. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Quandary. I have a friend who I have enjoyed having occasional beers and dinner with. For a long time, it was just two guys after work catching up. But he eventually invited his girlfriend, who I like up monopolized the evening and turned it into the girlfriend show. She, however, had a great time and suggested that I should invite my wife and make it a couple's date. Now, my wife is very particular about who she likes to spend time with. And when I described the girlfriend, she utterly rejected the idea of any couple's interaction whatsoever. I think her exact words were, have a good time. Since then, I didn't know what to do. And I just dropped seeing my friend altogether, which is terrible. Over the recent holidays, he reached out by text saying happy holidays and we should get together sometime. And of course, I replied in the affirmative. But now I don't know what to do. I'd really like to go back to just guys night out. But I fear that's no longer an option. And I can't very well tell him I don't want his girlfriend to tag along or even worse, that my wife will never be joining us ever. I need your advice. What should I do?
1: Oh, this is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, funnily
0: enough, like this. When this came in like a few weeks ago. And there was one also the same week that was quite similar. I feel like this is quite a common problem. This has come up twice in one week. So,
1: If Sarah wasn't currently doing the childcare, I'd call her upstairs because I feel that she would have some uh, insight into this because that's often the case with me. I don't, you know, somebody will say, oh, we should all get together, the four of us. And I'll say, no, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Mm-hmm. But what, um, I'd
0: be, what I'd be worrying about is if um, I had a friend who suddenly insisted on bringing their partner along, I start jumping to the conclusions that they found it boring just being with me. And I take it personally that they had to have someone else there because I was just too boring on my own. So so maybe, maybe it's nothing to worry about. Maybe they don't want to see you too much either. I don't know. Could you plant
1: the idea that somehow you were really into the idea of wife swapping? (laughs) And then it would freak them out so much that they'd never want to get together as two couples
0: (laughs) yeah you could say that like think of loads of books and films that feature it and just like say they're they're suddenly your favourites and yeah plant the seed somehow yeah I'm not sure sure about that I feel there must be a better way around
1: we should go out the once uh, or have them round the once have a bowl there with keys in it (laughs) get some pampas grass that's the one that signals you're a swinger isn't it outside your house Mm. um I mean, the worst-case scenario is orgy, I suppose.
0: (laughs) That is very much worst-case scenario. Yeah, you could make a pass at the girlfriend. That's a way of getting it. No, that's terrible. This is terrible. It's terrible. We need to think of something better. Come on. Come on.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I'm just amusing myself with the idea of drifters at an orgy. We're we're not cut out for it.
0: No. Why is that
1: such a bad suggestion? I thought that was really clever.
0: Um, No, well, I think maybe you just have to... Okay, okay, answer this. Is there any way that he could say outright, I just want it to be the two of us? No, I mean, could he some, suggest somebody would be able to do. He could suggest, suggest activities that would only fit just the two of you? Oh, it's very mm, hard. It is I think hard. you just have to cut off all contact. I just can't see another solution apart Plant, from the orgy. Yeah, <laughs> the swinging, the swinging. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, and who, who's the other one from?
0: Okay, this is from Nikki. She says, we live on an olive farm in the south of Spain, a few kilometers away from the nearest small town, Upper Dirt Track. Although our farm is fairly remote, we do have some neighbors who live very close by. A couple of years ago, the original neighbors who have lived there since we bought the place nearly 20 years ago moved and a lovely young couple moved in. In the intervening few years, they have had two children and now have a third on the way. All was going well. We are moderately friendly with them, although don't socialise them with them a great deal. As my father died last year, we were chatting one day about making a will, and my neighbour asked me if we would be the guardians of her children if anything ever happened to her and her partner. Now, I know that this is pretty unlikely to ever happen, the thought of having to take charge of anyone else's children fills me with dread. I have enough trouble finding the patience to deal with my own kids, let alone taking on three more much younger children. I told her that I was very flattered to be asked and that I would speak to my husband. What should I do?
1: Nothing. (laughs) Pretend like a dude. Port protocol. Port port (laughs) protocol. At this point, like they won't want to bring it up again. Sorry, is there more to the email? A little
0: bit more. She just says, one friend advised just going along with it as it's very unlikely that I will ever have to fill the commitment. Both sets of their parents are still alive and I'm not sure that they would be willing to give up their grandchildren to some near strangers. But what if something terrible did happen? How bad would I feel abandoning three orphan children? And would the parents come back to haunt me? I think I think I think that if you don't mention it again, there's a good chance that she won't mention it again. Yeah, it's, yeah. It sounds a bit like she blurted it out in a way, doesn't it? It sort of came. It yeah, wasn't like yeah. she planned to say it. And if, yeah. if they've still got both their grandparents, the children, both sets, I don't know.
1: You could make some mistake on the paperwork.
0: Oh, you think, will there be paperwork? Oh, God.
1: <laughs> well, funnily enough, this exact same thing, well, not exact same thing because there was no dirt track and it was only one kid, but this happened to me some years ago <laughs> where some friends of mine had a teenage son and they decided that the the existing godfather wasn't great and they wondered if I would take over in the event of anything happening to them. Uh and I said yes. Yeah, yeah. Basically because this kid was 14 going on 15 at the time. So it it would have been a very short amount of um uh, guardianship yeah, even
0: and that's just one child as well, but three. Very yeah, young yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's weird that they ask? Like, if they're not good friends, just because you live near each other, I just don't think that's an, enough of a criteria, is it? Yeah.
1: I, the more you say it, the more I think that this woman just blurted it out for something to say.
0: I think she maybe she was drunk. Or yeah. I I think port protocol never mention it again. Yeah. If it does mention, if she does mention it, say, "Oh yes, I asked my husband." Um, and he's um, he's got very bad asthma or something, or something like that. And he, so he says it's not possible. And this, this, this is off the top of my head.
1: Or you could suggest to these people that you've recently become interested in swinging.
0: <laughs> I really put her off. And say, would you mind? I'm going to be out next week. I've got some Nazi memorabilia being delivered. Would you mind signing <laughs> for it? But you're right. Put them off. Put them off with that.
1: And that was our socially distant, socially awkward podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music. While you're in lockdown, if you need something to listen to their albums are both excellent. Also, thanks to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Do send us your quandaries for Quandary Corner. Uh, Do send us uh, your your stories of social ineptitude or anything else you like. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. And uh, Annabelle, should we we do this as a a double header? I'll take the first line, you take the second. Okay. okay. Uh, We'll finish this week, of course, by saying, please forgive my clothes, please forgive my hair. Nice to meet you, nice to
0: meet you. Please forgive my face, my shoes are a disgrace. Nice Nice to meet you, nice to meet you.
1: Podication time. This comes from John, the Lord Highness John McGowan, who says, Ahoy there, recently my mother died, which was naturally rather vexing. I imagine that's an understatement, John, but you you have our condolences. Um, One of the things that helped me get through the day was uh, when I went back to work a couple of days later, was listening to the backlog of a Drift podcast, which had built up over the few months when I was spending any time when I was not in work visiting the old girl in the hospital and then in the nursing home. I would therefore like you, please, to read out a publication to Annabelle and Jeff.
0: Oh, that's You
1: are both sweet. good eggs. Oh. We are good eggs. Great expression, that, isn't yeah. it? Uh, I know that you don't like reading compliments, Annabelle. But uh, but that's just tough. I just need to clarify, people, we love reading compliments. We just get embarrassed when we read them out loud.
0: Yeah, but a good egg that slipped through the net, didn't oh, it? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, we'll allow that. I like that. Uh, obviously, my friends have also been wonderful, but as none of them listen to the podcast, the fools, the <laughs> fools, there's no point in asking for a publication for them. Yours, I, John, the Lord Highness John McGowan. Well, John, sorry about you, Mum, and um, I'm yeah. glad that this podcast that we do was in some way helpful to you uh, that's a, a lovely thing to hear um so yeah and if you would like a publication you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com